When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it's Mom Taraj, the podcast about being a mom that thinks that most mom stuff is super boring. So we created our own posse. I'm Ashley. And I'm Carrie. And we are ready to walk you down the red carpet of motherhood. Hi, everybody. Hey, everyone. Happy day of the week that is also known as Wednesday. We have a great show for you this week. So great that we decided to make it into two shows. But it's not just one interview. No, this is just some segments that Ashley and I talked a lot about, and it was all choice material. All choice. This week, we are going to bring you just one just one conversation all about suburbs or city. We are going to ask the age-old question, and it might tear Ashley and I apart. Spoiler, it doesn't. But as always, we have hashtag swag bag, and up next, take it away. The tits and the sits. All right, well, you have yours written down. Do you want to start? It's going to be a real mixed bag. I'm just going to hit these things real quickly. First thing, it's National Only Child Day. Happy Me Day. And kind of you. And also our kids. Yeah. So I just wanted to say to all the only children out there, you know you only wanted to be the only one. Come on, let's not lie. You know what, though? Now that I'm an adult who, like, puts even more stock in whether I have, you know, one child or not because it's like a conscious decision. It's not just like the decision that happened in my life for me from my parents. Mm -hmm. I have met more only children now that are always like, I wish I had a brother or sister. And I'm like, you are fucking crazy. Like, I don't know why you would wish such a thing. So that's the first thing. Tits. Happy only child day. The second tits is I made friends with a new mom who is a real guy. Gossip, like Ooh, in the best ways. And she is giving me the lowdown Real yes. Housewives of Montclair Burbs <sighs> drama. I started following this one woman wait, on bird drama? Burbs, suburbs. Oh, I thought you said bird. I was like, wait, so like the Cardinal is like the Lisa Vanderpump. I was really excited to like assign birds different iconic housewives. So we have the Burbs drama. Anyway, I am here for this gossip. I'm like, girl, give me the deets. Ha. Huh. I have to just say real quick, I'm like jealous that I don't know the people, so I can't partake in it. I love that you have this, and I love that you have a new friend. It's not like I'm jealous of your new friend, but I am jealous that there's shit-talking happening that sounds so juicy, and I don't know the people, so I can't partake in it. It's heartbreaking. I'll send you some of the Facebooks of her so you can follow remotely. Ooh, I love it. I mean, it's all the things. Ugh. So good. What a time to be alive in Montclair. I know. The shits are, there was a shooting in Brooklyn in my old neighborhood right now, just happened. Currently ongoing. Currently ongoing, like waiting to hear from my Sunset Park friends. It's like my old hood and the world is fucked. Can I just say something? When I posted that John Mulaney TikTok, people say like, get a life. Like, this is harmless. This is harmless 
trivial bullshit. There's real things happening in the world that is consequential. And we need a distraction from it because it's scary. Like, let us have our stupid bullshit gossip. It's a distraction from the real scary shit that no one's doing anything about. It's a quick dopamine hit. The second thing is, I think gardening is going to be hard. Yes. I think that I thought that it was going to be easier because I'm growing these damn seeds and I don't know what to do with them. I'm like, I have them under a grow light. I think they need to come out of the grow light. I'm supposed to do some sort of thinning, which is like picking which ones are strongest. I don't know. This is not a Hunger Games situation. Do I have to have a cornucopia and figure out which seedling is going to get to the cornucopia first? I have a feeling that this is going to be very hard. Yeah. I mean, I got to tell you, because of your influence on my life with plants and, you know, we're I don't think I've talked about this on the show, but we've had a this garbage pit of a backyard for the entire time we've lived in this house. And we're finally taking the steps to do it. And one of my goals is to grow vegetables. Like I want to be able to like, Matt makes fun of me every time I say it, but like live off of our land a little bit, have some kind Mm -hmm. of secure, it saves us money, it's better for us, like it's better for the environment, all kinds of different things. So now I'm on like gardening TikTok and everybody has a different fucking answer for everything. Yeah. And I'm just like, I don't want my backyard to look like a garbage pile. Stop telling me to use water jugs. I get that it's sustainable to reuse these things, but like it looks bad. I don't know. Gardening seems very confusing and overwhelming to me. It seems very hard. I just cracked the surface of like indoor plants. Now to deal with outdoor plants, it's a whole other, there's circumstances I can't control. I'm just saying, I think it's shit's going to be hard. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so my tits are, I was watching SNL last night in bed, the newest one with Jake Gyllenhaal. Why is he singing so much? Is he doing a musical? I don't know. Well, he has many times. He did like Sundays in the Park with George and- No, but I mean like currently, like why did he need to- I don't know. They, I feel like sometimes, they do it with John Mulaney too. Like certain guests, they like really just take advantage of the fact that they sing a lot. Okay. You know- A hot take on Jake Gyllenhaal real quick, just because, you know, I live for the chisme. I was a- big Jake Gyllenhaal fan. Like, I was super, super, super mega into him. I never was. I thought he was so hot. I thought he was a great actor. I mean, Bubble Boy is one of the funniest movies ever. (laughs) It is so... That is not where I thought you were going. (laughs) Bubble Boy is one of the most underrated comedic films. You would like that move. That is very unbrand for you. It's so weird and so funny. But anyway... His haircut and outfit in that whole movie. It's so bad. It is just so funny. Anyway, the whole episode was kind of like whatever, but there was this one digital short where they did kind of like a love it or list it type of parody. Mm -hmm. And Kate McKinnon. My girlfriend, Kate McKinnon. I love her. Yeah, your girlfriend, Kate McKinnon, was, you know, the guy in the couple's mom who was living with this couple and (laughs) everything that she wanted took advantage. Like everything that the wife wanted got overrided by this old mother and her 20-year-old cat. (laughs) And there was this one part where they're talking about, I I swear, Matt and I were laughing so hard. There was this one part where the wife wanted a bathroom that was like panoramic. So it was all glass. And they were like, well, you're not getting that. Your your mother-in-law doesn't want any of that. And Kate McKinnon just goes, perverts and tuggers want to watch me make my dirt. And I, I couldn't breathe. Perverts and tuggers want to watch me make my dirt with her 20-year-old cat. It was so... Guys, just find that digital short. It Kate was McKinnon so is funny. So... She 
is such a gem. She is just <laughs> like I was crying and couldn't breathe, and Matt was too. And then he's like make that- whispering it in my ear, all creepy. He's going, "Perverts and tuggers want to watch me make my dirt." <laughs> it was so amazing. It was everything I want. I want to have that as a ringtone. Oh God, it pains me. It's so funny. So that's my tits. That oh. should tell tell you where I am. I have one other tits. Can I tell you real tell quick? Me. Yeah, tell me. I took Luna to the mall for the first time. Mm, and weird. It's like normal life. Yeah, I had to because we didn't have a babysitter and I needed to get my phone fixed and it happened to be at a mall. Which mall? Short Hills? Short Hills. Nice. She was like, wait a second. It's a store inside other stores. And I was like, yeah. She goes, so it's one store. And then there's a lot of little stores inside it. I go, yeah. She walks in. You know how they sometimes have a car parked in like the middle? Like, and she goes, yeah. this is a bad parking spot. Why a car in here is dangerous? <laughs> and then she's like, sees the, you know, how there's like seating area. She goes, why is there a living room inside the store? <laughs> and then every time she would walk past the store, she goes, that sells just bathing suits. I was like, yeah. She goes, that sells just candy. I was like, yeah. And then she goes, I don't know what this store sells. I was like, no. And then she was like skipping and dancing and then there was a fountain and she had never did a wish on a fountain so I gave her a penny and she like closed her eyes and she threw it and she goes it didn't happen like, <laughs> and she like bought something and she held the bag and she was like skipping she was waving at people no one was waving at her she goes why doesn't anyone want to make friends and then at Apple when the woman actually fixed my phone and brought it back to me Luna goes can I give you a hug and she gave her a hug I'm like this was the most pure experience I have ever experienced. And I it's love just, that. I told my mom and my uncle and they're like, whoa, by the time you were three, almost four, you had been in malls like your whole entire life. Like, Yes, of course. But Luna, between li- growing up in Brooklyn and then yep. COVID, we just don't do malls. Yeah. Look, I get it. Growing up in Miami, we went trick-or-treating in the mall. Yeah. Like, it was such a part of our everyday. And this morning she goes, can we go to the mall again today? I was like, oh God. <laughs> uh, she's going to be like one of those old lady mall walkers. <laughs> you know, I used to work at that mall. I worked at that Abercrombie in Short Hills Mall for a whole year. So I'm going to riding this mall coattail because I didn't necessarily have shits other than it costs a lot of money to redo your backyard. And have a garden. It's cheaper just to buy vegetables. Like literally it is like, and look, this is not a vanity project on our part. Like our backyard is unusable. Our deck was going to cave in at any moment. There was like reverb coming from the earth and cats and... Yeah, there's a fence that's just like pressed wood bent over in the back and like cats sit on it and scream at each other and then have sex. Yeah, it wasn't great. It wasn't great. It is not a usable backyard. (laughs) This is not people being like, "Hmm, we have some extra money. Let's throw it around. No, this is, oh shit. We have no choice but to spend money on this. We've gone through two years of a pandemic without our kid even being able to use this backyard, which would have been very helpful. Yep. So that my one shit is backyards cost a lot of money and they're a lot of work and I hate all those things. The other shits is, so I went to Garden State Plaza, TikTok got me, everyone was like, Abercrombie jeans are so great. Oh my God, they're even for plus size girls. They're for everybody. So I like did a huge Abercrombie order. Spoiler alert, I returned Every single thing, tops, sweaters, like, guys, just a note to everyone out there. TikTok is not real. Well, no, not every shirt needs to be cropped. Just, it doesn't. Not every shirt needs to be cropped. Also, you and that damn ass long torso is probably extra cropped. It's, like, so cropped. Like, I don't have the body for cropped anymore. I don't have it. Also, I don't want to see a 44-year-old woman, not that that's what you are, that's what I am. In a crop top. I mean, you know, look, I just don't think we need to be in crop tops all the... Like, there is something, and I'm going to sound like a real old lady here, but 
this need to be like so fucking sexy all the time is so like unoriginal, uninspired. Like you can be sexy and beautiful and be even modest and I'm not saying like everyone needs to be covered from the neck to the wrist to their ankles but like there are still moments where that is beautiful and elegant like why does everything have to be so like we can't feel womanly unless unless you have under boob yeah like oh god I hate that trend more than anything like crop tops have its place I'm not against it it has its place I just like does every fucking shirt need to be cropped It doesn't. It does not. Seeing a 44-year-old woman in a crop top gives me Tracy Anderson vibes, and you know I hate her. It is very Tracy Anderson. But you know what? She's also, that's her job. And I know I still don't like it. I know, but it's still, like, it's her job. She's, like, basically a walking billboard. I get it. But for, like, to be an accountant who, like, needs to have a crop top on at all times, I don't get it. She's like, I'm crunching these numbers, and all I can come up with is I didn't have enough money for the full shirt. Sorry, that was such a dad <laughs> joke. <laughs> that was such a dad joke. Okay, so I go to Abercrombie to return all this shit, and I originally had worked at the Garden State Plaza Abercrombie, and I walk in, I'm talking to this young kid of course who works there and I was like man I used to work here and he goes oh yeah like what year and I said ah like somewhere in the like 2003-2007 span and he was like oh those were the good old days and like sir I already felt way too old to be buying your shit TikTok made me do it and now you are insulting me even further how he said the good old days because that was the year he was born (laughs) good old days like When I was born. Oh, my God. Anyway, my shit was all inconsequential, but fun stories. Yeah. Yes, Jake Gyllenhaal is like Jared Leto level of unbearable for me now. Oof. Another one bites the dust. Yeah, I no longer trust. The next person I hear say, ugh, Jared Leto and Anne Hathaway are so good and we crashed. No, I don't trust your opinion. The yes, you know what they're good at? Being insufferable. Lee and I have so many, so much dialogue back and forth where I'm like, ugh. I'm like, I think Jared Leto is a reptoid person because his eyes are so pitch black. Yes. There's nothing behind them. His skin looks like it's made of a weird rubber mask. Like silicone. Is like his teeth look weird and he's not aging. He looks like that vampire movie with Tilda Swinton. He looks like his skin is made out of like a stash bag. You know, the reusable Ziploc baggies. Like that silicone weird material. And his eyes have nothing behind them. They're black pits of despair. They're like evil. His eyes are so evil. And Anne Hathaway. Another one who isn't aging at all. She does this like deep, serious voice when she's doing her deep, serious acting. And it's the same deep, serious acting all the time. And she's definitely going to get nodes on her vocal cords. She needs to go to a vocal coach because it's definitely ruining her vocal cords. But then also her hair is so thick and luxurious. But also like she does the same serious acting for everything Everything. she does. It's the same thing. She looks absolutely beautiful which they're giving the real life lady way too much credit because she is no Anne Hathaway no she was not attractive she was not attractive like Anne Hathaway is stunning she looks like she's still princess diaries age more or less but it is a display of just insufferableness and I can't look away I think Anne Hathaway's had no work done I don't even think she's had Botox I think she's just 
blessed. I think yeah. she's just blessed. I really don't even think she's had Botox. No, I, think I know. she's just like... An anomaly. And by the way, I don't dislike her because of how beautiful and no. ageless she is. It's sort of like Natalie Portman. I don't think Natalie Portman's had work done either. No, she just seems like a tool. Guys, before we go into the first segment, I just want to say we've gotten a lot of new reviews. Thank you so much. Yes. One of them made a granola joke. said that I would understand it. I don't. I don't understand it. So please write in, Ellie. You know who Ellie is? Who? From Sir Circling the drain. Oh. So just email her. Oh, yeah. Okay. Ready for segment one? Sooty mouse or suburb mouse? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. So I guess for, for this, I'm the city mouse, you're the suburb mouse, right? Yeah, I mean, listen, I never thought I'd be on the other end of this convo. I know. Having been a city girl for like 25 years. And I just think this is like a true celebrity death match, except you and I are D-list if even that celebs. And it's on a podcast, not claymation on MTV. Oh my God, are you trying to say we're celebs? We are not. Maybe you are. You were on a soap opera. I am a new buddy. No, you are the face of Bobby Brown. For one thing that like made like a week's round across Instagram targeted ads. That's it. You have a daytime Emmy. That's true, but not for being in front of the camera. I know, but that's what I'm saying. D-list. Anyway, okay. Who's more famous? No, you're more famous. Oh God, we are Anne Hathaway and Jared Leto. Yes. So I'm going to go through my pros and cons and you can come back at me. Okay. Pro, space. I now have an office that is just mine. And if my kid is screaming downstairs, I can barely hear her. I can't disagree with that one because also I I should let people know, I do very much consider where I live, the city, it's houses on top of each other. You can't leave your house without seeing a bunch of people. But she lives in a home, not an apartment. Right. But I also, I'm not in Manhattan. I'm still in Jersey, but it is still very much a city. But even with, I have some space, not quite the space you have. I can't argue with space. Space is- Pretty amazing. Uh, two, gardens, animals, and plants. But as my tits and shit said, they may be a con coming up soon. But currently, right now, it's a pro. But we also have that in the city. I mean, look, let's use Manhattan as opposed to Union City right now. Like, to have a backyard space in Manhattan is... Nearly impossible. Unheard of. And it, it's like having a washer and dryer in your unit. Like, what an automatic bonus point. Yeah. But it is still possible. Right. And especially in the kind of city I'm in, you just have a garbage dump as a backyard that you have to spend a lot of money on fixing. Which becomes your con. Yeah. Parking. There are parking spaces. I can go to a grocery store and park in a lot. I don't have to drive around every day for 45 minutes looking for alternate street parking because I have a mofo driveway. It makes shopping, especially as an older woman now and with a kid, I don't have to like have a stroller and only do grocery shopping for the shit that fits in the bottom of the stroller. I know that was, that's the worst. 
once again, I cannot argue with this. I do have a driveway, but, you know, my parents lived seven blocks away and they did not. And it, most of my life I have hunted for a parking spot. And all the places I lived only had bodegas. So I would have to go grocery shopping in another neighborhood with my grocery bags to get cheaper groceries. Yes. And you have your granny cart with you. Or Sherpa style, like on your back and then yeah. your neck hurts and you yeah. have to take a break from walking. So look, Matt and I have never been been wealthy. We got our house for very, very cheap. We really, really lucked out, but it was like we also then did not have money for a car. So when Sebastian was a baby, I would have to walk down the viaduct to Hoboken to go to Trader Joe's. And it was like that. I would have him in the stroller. I would have grocery bags on the bottom of the stroller and on the handles. And I would be pushing him up the hill yep. of the viaduct, which is like a mile yep. long walk with cars speeding by me. And I'll tell you, I was in great shape then. Like that was an added bonus. Yeah, seriously. Point suburbs for sure. And you're like sweating and then you have to like yes. take a break because you're getting hot. And then yes. you have to give your baby like some milk or you got right. some water and then you finish it up. And then your frozen stuff, you take it out of your frozen bags yep. and hope that it didn't melt. Yep. Then it would like, I would finally get to my house after walking up the viaduct and be like, oh great, now I have to manage to go up the stairs and the baby's asleep. So like, let me run all the groceries up to the top of the stairs and then pick up a stroller with a baby in it and carry that up the stairs. It was like such a time, but I'll tell you, I was in great shape. I was going to say I was in great shape, but I was in New York too, yeah. Yeah, getting a car was the worst thing that happened to me in like body-wise. So this is what I thought I wouldn't like about the suburbs, but I do now, which is I do feel a slower pace and a way of life. And I'm real high energy anyway. So my slower pace suburb life is like everyone else's high pace, every other kind of life. But for me, I was just going on 170 miles per hour for 25 years. Yeah. And then I... I got here and I was just like, oh, I feel the difference. Yeah. So I'm, I like that. I also think there's like a lot more that goes into this for you and I specifically, like not even just like suburb versus whatever life. Like, you know, we're now mothers. And COVID has helped some of this too. Right. But even just the mother aspect, like before mm. when we were single or childless, it was like, you know, you and I had 20 million odd jobs that we'd be running to, especially as free freelancers as performers like it was like we'd have one job and run to an audition and then run to a lunch meeting and then run to another job and it was like always my day planner was packed Packed. down to the 15 minute mark yes and it is now too for me like I have to look at a calendar every morning and figure out my day but like I'm sitting in my closet on my laptop zoom meeting like a totally different thing and for the record you know normally I would have said I don't want a slower pace or way of life, but I think the pandemic has just really changed my personal perspective of how I live life in general. I think it has for a lot of people too. Yeah. So although there, I'm still very much like in an area where like at three in the morning, you'll be woken up by an ambulance driving by and it's happening all night long. You know, in general, the way I live my life is, is different now. On that same slower pace of way of life, so much less exhaustion. Like exhaustion because of the things I mentioned above, having to go 45 minutes to find a parking spot, carrying groceries and any other thing that you buy on your back for the entirety of the time. God forbid you're going out in the weather and you have a kid in the weather or even before you have a kid. If you get wet, you're in wet all day long. You're carrying all your things in your bags, your water bottle on your back. So for me, it's like, it's a different, I mean, I'm still exhausted, but it's a different kind of exhaustion. It used to be like bone numbingly 
physical exhaustion. Remember having like a huge bag with you every day that you had like gym clothes in, you had a snack in, you had a water bottle, you had your laptop, you had like all of your most precious possessions to get you through the day in this one bag traipsing around the city all over the place and like no relief. By the time you got home at night, you were like walking crooked. Yeah. Yeah. I don't miss that. And not to be a basic bitch, but when I moved here, I was like, oh, I can get rid of all these gigantic bags I I have. And now I can have cute purses like I've always wanted to because I can keep half my shit in my car. I was always like, wow, people have small bags. Like, how do you carry all your shit in there? I still can't really have a small bag. It's like old habits die hard. Like, it's really hard for me to have a small bag, but it's definitely smaller. Yeah. Feels safer here. Nowadays, for sure. I mean, I... Especially since how I started this conversation with saying my old neighborhood just... Yeah. Well, you and I have even felt it. Like, and I hate... I really was, like, very against this. My parents would be like, the city is not safe anymore. Be careful. I always thought cities felt safer than any time I was in a small town. But now I don't feel that way. And I, I can't say if it's because I'm not in Manhattan every day or if it's because it's actually, like... I think I talked about this on the show the day I went into the city to get my hair done. It was like the first beautiful day of spring. I was wearing a great outfit. It was this. It was daytime. I felt alive. That you know that magic electricity feeling that you feel in Manhattan was like pumping through me. And by the time I got out, it was night. There was a ton of homeless people all over the place. The yep. cities were a lot more desolate. And I was in the twenties. I was in Chelsea. Like this is not an area where. I ever felt unsafe. Right. And again, sometimes things are just getting used to it. Like, you know, when we first moved to this house, I was scared. Every noise I heard outside the window is like, someone's trying to break in because I just wasn't used to being in my own house. Yep. So I don't know if that's just a part of it is the adapting period. But yeah, I agree with you on that one. And I hate that that's the case. I know. And I hate that I'm the person that says that. Mm-hmm. Cons. Montclair is supposed to be like the restaurant capital of here. Restaurants are not even nearly as good as city restaurants. No. And not only just in the diversity, but quality of even the simplest of foods. I mean, Montclair is a, compared to other suburbs around here, like a good food place. But yeah, like Danny says that her neighborhood doesn't have any restaurants and she's right by you. Yeah. Lee and I talk about it all the time. Just like, God, food in the city is so good. Yeah. And there's everything you want. You want Ethiopian food? We got it. You want uh, Afghani food? We got it. Right. Authentic. You want Olive Garden? We got it. You want real authentic Italian food? We also got it. You want Outback where after you get fired, you can go there and cry? We've got it. We got it. We got it all, baby. I think it's a little harder to get to know your neighbors. I think that there's this feeling you move to the suburbs to be neighborly. But in New York, your neighbors are literally, you come across them every five seconds because you're, they're literally on top of you. Yeah. Sometimes you share. Like most of my neighbors I've had, I actually shared a front door. I can't really speak to this one. Because I lived in walk, what, where you walk in the same door and then you go to like old homes and stuff. Yeah. The good news is if you didn't like your neighbors, they're far further away. But I am so used to like being deeply close because my neighbors, I literally walked to their door in my pajamas. Almost every neighbor I've ever had. Yeah. I don't really have any interest in getting to know too many people I in know. general, so. I liked knowing my deli guy and the person that I get on the yeah. subway all the time with, you know, like that kind of thing. And I still have that, so I, yeah. I guess. I do like that. I like, like, feeling like a regular somewhere. Yes, exactly. Like, yeah. I had the people, like, when when I used to live in Gowanus, the car service guys before Uber would know that I would get home late from the bar and walk me from the car service place Two blocks to my apartment. Yeah. To make sure I got in okay. Yeah, that's nice. 
that community. I miss the people watching because ain't no people watching like city people watching, No, man. there isn't. No, there is not. I could literally sit at my front window and just watch life. Yep, especially when I lived in that Brooklyn apartment, I had full view of the park. It was literally, and I had that when I was pregnant and then after it was like, it was like watching a television show. Yeah. There was always this like old Russian lady that would roller skate in crazy outfits. <laughs> and then there was like a medium homeless person. I say medium homeless because like, I think they were just mentally ill. She would take her tit out and just flap it at people. <laughs> Those are the kind of like, when you can do it from a distance, that's like the most fun shit. Such good eavesdropping. Yeah, we have our friendly neighborhood uh, person. Person who's addicted to drugs. Yeah, drug addict who, um, it's spring, so we're seeing him again. And I've been like, Matt, he gained weight. I think he's off the drugs. He's looking good. He doesn't look <laughs> angry. I had my scrap metal guy that I think was also <laughs> medium homeless. And he had a cart with scrap metal and he stayed at like a shelter. And I used to give him sneakers and like, he would always be like, you got any metal for me? I was like, I got an old lamp, scrap metal guy. Yeah, like just the characters when it's harmless. Or trash bag lady in Union Square that makes her whole outfit out of trash bags. I haven't seen her at all, but yeah, man. I'm trying to think who else we have. Like there's like Matt primarily walks Clementine. Mm -hmm. So he'll be like, oh, Clementine saw Rocky today. So now I know, like when I walk Clementine and she reacts a certain way to a certain dog and I know what the description of the owner is, I'm like, you must be Rocky's owner. Like, (laughs) you know, all kinds of weird stuff. We have the crossing guard that thought Sebastian's name was Simpson. And we'd be like, (laughs) Simpson, my friend. And Sebastian goes like, I love you. I had this one crossing guard. She always had like crazy new hairdos. Like every week she had a new hairdo. It was awesome. All the kids loved her. She was so fly. And then lastly, I miss bodegas. Bodegas are the most amazing thing. They really are. And every bodega has its own kind of special flavor of what they do. Like some bodegas have like fancy chocolate and Mexican Cokes and like old bananas. And then other ones have like the good Haagen-Dazs and the four different kinds of flavors coffee, both yep. iced and regular. Some gets that good lunch meat that's yep. got that boar's head. And some it's like, don't eat anything from there. <laughs> yeah, just just buy things that are prepackaged. We have our ice cream bodega here. The one yeah. we go to when we know we need ice cream. We have the bodega when we know we just need a quick like addition to like I missing an ingredient from something I'm making for dinner. We have the one that has Guinness. Yeah, the breakfast sandwich bodega. Exactly. Like, yeah, I love a bodega, man. It's my favorite. Lee and I and my, some of my friends, we used to like give the bodegas nicknames. Mm, yep. Because they all have like weird names. Yeah, it's always like, like ours are like Caracas, Family Deli. So like, for instance, Cassandra, uh, there was this one deli. It was called Kim's Millennial, but we called it Peas and Pickles. Oh, I know that Kim's Millennial one. I remember walking in there and being like, this is the strangest name for a bodega, but that's part of the charm of a bodega. I don't know one bodega that has a normal ass name. Even Family Deli is a weird. Yeah. Like, what family? I've never seen a family in here. Does a family (laughs) own this? Because I've only seen the same guy. And also, Family Deli is the one you go in and when you leave, you smell like grease. Like, it is repulsive. You're a part of the family. Yeah, when you're here, you, you're part of the Grease family. We had peas and pickles. Then we had VW. We called it VW because they had like the cash. They were trying to be cool. They had taken a part of VW bug and used that as a cash register. And then, oh my God, one time in my 20s when I was bartending, my friend Lynn Sanity, that's what we called her because for obvious reasons, and she lived above a bodega. And 
she would get drunk and steal their phone. The two <laughs> brothers owned it. And they were always like, Lindsay, Carrie. And we were like, we would just have see them all the time. So one time, Lindsay, we came home really drunk and she she switched out because this was like, you had everybody had a home phone. She switched out her cordless phone with their cordless phone and she was taking orders but not giving them to anybody. <laughs> and then I went in because I lived down the street. I didn't know that Lindsay had taken the phone. And he was like, Lindsay has our phone. We're losing so much business. Linsanity has our phone. How good of a prank is that? She uh, was a riot. Everyone had a Lynn Sanity in their <laughs> 20s. Everybody had that. I probably was that person for a number of people, in all honesty. In fact, to prove I was Lynn Sanity for people, you know that Onion video that goes around every uh, Cinco de Mayo that's like, Hurricane Ashley's coming through. <laughs> I still get people sending me that video on Cinco de Mayo. Also, it's coming up. That holiday's I coming know. up. So, you know, Hurricane Ashley video's coming through, man. All right. Give me your pros and cons. Oh, my God. I mean, I feel like it's kind of silly because we went through all of them. Well, is there anything that wasn't mentioned? So Matt and I have this back and forth all the time, right? Like this home that we are in, we have really transformed it. We do love it. But it's probably not our forever home. And in all honesty, where Matt and I really, really, really want to be and always I don't think that changes is in Manhattan. If that doesn't happen, we love the idea of like a college town. So like I love Portsmouth, New Hampshire. It's just like a nice New England college town that's also beautiful to be in and has bars and restaurants, you know, and it's still kind of walkable. Well, that's part of the reason why I moved here, because it's a college town. Yeah, but it feels a little, it's bigger. It's not like a right, small right, right. college town. But I like that because the college is there, there's a lot of other resources. Right. So like Matt, it, now his new thing is like, you know, my mom's always like, sell your house. You'll get so much more money than you spent on it. And we're, we're always like, where are we going to go? The thing is, yeah, we could sell it, make a lot of money, and then we have to spend that money right away anyway. So what does it really even matter? And I don't want to go anywhere else except right. for a place I can't afford. So he's always like, well, I would live in Princeton. I love Princeton too. I, yeah, but I just, something about it, you know, I've never, I've never in my life lived in the suburbs. The closest I've ever been was for about a year or two when I was, right before we moved up here, we lived in a gated community in Miami. That's the closest I've been to the suburbs. So as a little kid, I dreamed of like having a milkman, which apparently isn't a real thing anyway. And you're lactose intolerant. Right. And also milk makes me shit myself. You know, <laughs> the idea of like a kid with a paper route, a house that had stairs going up in it. Because, you know, growing up in Florida, that's not, most houses are one level. Right. So right. there were always these things that very much appealed to me, having a front yard, having a backyard, like things like that. And now as an adult, there's a magnetic feeling for me that being in a city with a lot of people has. And I have to tell you that once again, mm -hmm. you know, the pandemic and what has the crime rate in New York City, it just has thrown me for such a loop that I almost mm. don't even know how I feel about these things. You know, like I feel very safe in my neighborhood because I grew up in this neighborhood. I've never had anything happen to me. And although it's a predominantly Hispanic neighborhood, I view myself as that. So I don't feel like I walk around like an outsider. But I think in all honesty, I probably do. I mean, you do. look, you don't, but you are. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I think other people see me as an outsider. But for me, because I've been here for so, so long, I'm like, this is my home. This is I'm one of the people. I have a nameplate necklace and gold hoops and I'm not appropriating because this yeah, is my culture. Right. So I don't know. It, this is kind of hard for me. I liked I liked all your bullet points, but it's hard for me because I feel like the aspects that I loved of 
city living specifically within Manhattan aren't even around anymore. You know, know, like that night you and I went to the the Snooky show and we like beforehand we felt great and then leaving it was like we were in like Gramercy yeah. and it felt dead and kind of yeah. scary. It seemed like it was only men out and they, yeah, it was kind. Of, it felt seedy in a neighborhood that is not used to be vibrant. It's also very expensive to live in. If you're watching Bad Vegan, it's where pure food and wine used to be. Exactly. You know, this whole thing has really just thrown me for such a loop. It's almost like I've lost a part of my identity and I don't even know what to do with it, to be completely honest. One pro-city thing that I want to mention, I see this in Montclair. It's one of the main reasons why Lee and I did pick Montclair Mm -hmm. specifically when we looked at other suburbs. Sometimes I'm just like, the diversity in New York cannot be beat. And I wanted to raise my kid in a place where she saw economic diversity, ethnic diversity, religious diversity, sexual diversity, socioeconomic. Yeah, just all the stuff. Right. And I feel like Montclair, above all the other places we looked at moving, Montclair was the most diverse in all those ways. And the way the schools were formatted were also completely inclusive in that way. And also public transportation is a big pro for me. Yeah. The fact that like going out for your birthday and now going out tonight for Danny's birthday, I'm like, oh, all right. So to get over there, am I spending like $40 on an Uber each way? We're in the city. You don't deal with that. It's like you take a subway, you take a bus, and it's easy to get to and from places. That is a huge, huge pro for me. Yeah. Unfortunately, COVID has changed that too, because Ashley and I both don't feel completely safe on the subway these days. And case in point, what happened today? Yep. Hashtag swag bag. This week in Hashtag Swag Bag, once again, guys, we are like, I guess we're moving up a little bit in the world. We're getting sent stuff for us to like, for our kids, for us to talk about. And this again, is really all that Ashley and I have ever wanted in life. Like literally. We're not even joking. Like we're, we're not getting paid for it. They're just sending us stuff and being like, hey, talk about it if you like it, which is like, okay, that's great. I would happily do that. Please send me more free things. I'm the girl who goes to Sam's Club and loves the free samples. And let me tell you, the pandemic has really put a damper on that. I was going to say, that's a wrench in your plan. Yeah, like hardcore. It is like a long standing family joke how much I love free samples. So I'm talking about this one that we were sent called Organauts Educational Organ Toys. They are as weird as they sound. Luna is obsessed with them. I haven't given them to him yet. A lot of the things that were sent to us, I'm going to put in his Easter basket and those are going to be his Easter gifts. You're so smart. Yeah, I mean, the Organauts toys, they sent us like- A lot of them. Or like 10 of these toys. So they're these little educational toys and it's different body parts, which is so, so cool. It sounds so so weird, but this is a gift that is like made for my daughter. Yeah. Yes. Luna, as soon as I opened that box, I was like, oh, Luna's gonna love this. So they're like vinyl figurines that teach your kids about the organs of the body. And they, each of them also comes with like a mini comic book and a collector's guide book. They're $12.99 each. and it's basically the lull surprise dolls of your organs. Yeah, but but they're not a surprise. It's like <laughs> right. you see what you're getting, not like LOL surprise where it's like, what, Surprise, what it's it? an organ. Right. But they're like, they're weird, but they're very cool. And, and they have keychains and mini versions. It's yeah. really cute. I know Sebastian's really going to like it. I'm excited for him. I haven't even told him that they came, but I'm excited for him to get them on Easter. And just like, he has this body book with flip tabs and stuff that tells him like how his like intestines process things and like how his brain works. And, and he's so, so into it. And he loves to sit there and like talk about things. So I think he'll really like these toys. I have a free app for you too for him because 
because Luna's been doing this body app. Oh, fun. Okay. It was really awkward because we were at, out to dinner or something and Luna goes, <laughs> can I watch the body parts? And they were like, what? I'm like, I know that sounds weird. I mean, let me just tell you, it's not as weird. It's kind of weird. It's not as weird. Anyway, go ahead. Do you have a butcher on premise? <laughs> Yeah, so I I think he's really going to like him. So again, that's Organauts Educational Organ Toys, and we have it linked in our show notes. They're $12.99, and if you have a body-curious child, I think they'll really like them. All right, mine is cookies. God, these are so good. These cookies are so, so good. friggin' good. So it's Bell's Cookie Company. And honestly, peeps, they're disgusting. So why don't you skip that? No, they're not. They're so good, but yeah. I don't like them. And get some home-baked cookies without the work. They really are truly like home-baked. They're gooey and soft. They're so yeah, delicious. they're really good. Nostalgic tastes are one of the main reasons that Bell's Cookie Company made their whole company design is these like classic flavors. And now they're on a mission to be the number one choice of cookies. So Washington, is that state or D.C.? I believe state. They're already known to be amazing in Washington state because they were voted best in the state, but you don't have to live there to enjoy them, which is such like an amazing pandemic thing. Like we're thinking more about sending people stuff because we can't come visit them. So this is also a great way just to send your friend, you know, who lives across the country, like a little like, hi, I'm thinking of you. We can be sloths together and eat our weight in cookies because I did. That was more about me than it was about the cookie company. I had two cookies right off the bat. I did too. And both Lee and Luna yelled at me. We had people over the weekend that the cookies came and I like put out the cookies because I was like, I can't eat through all these cookies. And honestly, I can, but it's like bad for my family to do that. So I took the one cookie, which was like basically Milk Bar's compost cookie, you know, that Mm -hmm. just has all this, which is my favorite. That was the first one I ate. Yes. I took it out of the box. Our friend was with me and I was like, I'm saving this one for myself. And she laughed at me and I was like, honestly, I don't even care if you think that's rude. I got these sent because of me. These are my cookies. I just want this one fucking cookie that is the one I like. You yeah. all eat the rest of the I was so- Once again, Bahamag Ashley. <laughs> Just so you know, it's a family-owned cookie shop. There's 12 uh, traditional and unique flavors. You'll have to try them. They always they have a seasonal one that they rotate. Anyway, it's one dozen cookies. Amazingly, $36. And then a box of eight cookies is $28. This is like the most reasonable. It's so reasonable. It's dangerously reasonable. <laughs> I'm a soft cookie person. Me too. I don't like a crunchy cookie. I like a soft cookie. So these are like so perfect. Same. And Matt and I for like corporate gifts or like when you have to like send somebody something because they helped you out for something, we usually do milk bar because we love those cookies yep. so much, but they're very expensive. Yep. And I think Bell's Cookies is probably going to be our new one because it is so delish, so good and so much better than like an edible arrangement. Like I thought you were just going to say an edible. I was like, nothing is as good as an edible. <laughs> an edible arrangement with just like a bouquet of melon, the bottom feeder fruit get out yeah. of here well there you have it ashley is just a big old <laughs> burberg but i laugh the whole time i'm doing it does that help yes it makes us laugh with you bye, bye guys. okay that's our show today folks thank you so much for giving us a listen please do not forget to rate review and subscribe or follow we are out here on our own and these things really really matter we want to hear from you. Tell us what you want to hear. Email us at hello at momtouragepodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, all at Momtourage Podcast to hang out with us all week long. We are here for you. You are not alone. We got you. 
So go ahead, girl. Know this posse is behind you and go slay. Momtourage is a Cafe Mom podcast. Written and produced by Ashley Herring-Smith and Carrie Sotero. Recorded and mixed by Lee Mars. Our theme song, MILF, is by the band Mama Drama. You can find them on Instagram at mamadramaband or mamadramaband.com. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.